0: Creation is not in the business of making things that fail. That includes you. Hello and welcome to Self Talk. I'm Rachel Astarte. How many of you have had feelings of self-doubt? I think it's safe to say that most of us have at some point in our lives, so that was a cheap question. Some self-doubt is good. It can put that motivating fire under us to make sure we're doing things the right way. Are we making the righteous choices? Are we living in alignment? It's a quality check, so that can be healthy. But when that doubt moves from being a temporary question that gets answered with a few adjustments to a state of being, now we're in trouble. So now self-doubt has become part of our identity and begins to paralyze us. It may be that we don't even try to do anything new because, well, what's the point? We'll only mess it up. We don't have the skills. We may also consciously or unconsciously sabotage our endeavors, whatever they may be. We might, for example, take on a project that means a lot to us, whether that's a new business venture, writing a novel, getting a degree, at a time when we already know we're going to be overly busy with work and life. And then we blame our busy, scattered lives on the fact that we can't manage to do what we really want to do. This kind of sabotaged thinking also leads to procrastination and lack of motivation. Again, it's that what's-the-point attitude, defeatist and final. There's also imposter syndrome. Imposter syndrome is the Frankenstein's monster of self-doubt. It's cobbled together with false beliefs and cognitive distortions about yourself and what you've accomplished in life. It's what we experience when we feel that even though we have earned accolades, we don't deserve them. So let's say you manage to get that degree or certification, and as a result, you get a good job. Maybe you even get asked to write a few articles about your expertise or give a presentation at a conference. Imposter syndrome will kick in at that point and make you feel like you're getting away with something. That all of your achievements were somehow a mistake. Someone overlooked something, uh, you got passed through and you shouldn't have done, and it's only a matter of time before you're found out. This is all rooted in self-doubt. So where does self-doubt come from? If you had primary caregivers as a child who were overly critical of you, it can come from that. Or, conversely, if you had parents who praised you constantly, and held you up to a high standard, or told you that you were special, you'll likely keep that game up when you're older. So how does that work? How how is it possible that somebody who is critical of you causes you to have self-doubt, and also someone who is saying you're beautiful and wonderful causes you to have self-doubt? So if you're criticized as a child, obviously you're going to continue to doubt yourself, because you're told you're not doing anything correctly. If you're told that you're special and wonderful and everything that you do is magical and you can do it, go ahead, rock on with your life. You're going to keep that game up. You're going to continue to expect a lot from yourself. And what that does is cause self-doubt such that everything that you do is up for question. Now, what does it matter what we hear as a child? Well, This is what's fascinating. When we've grown and we've moved away from our family home and our parents or our caregivers' voices are no longer in our ears, their voices become our voices. And we continue to berate ourselves. This leap is really important to look at because in my work, I see so many people who don't understand why their inner voices beat them up. When I ask... Whose voice is that in your head telling you you won't do it right? They often say they don't know. Sometimes the answer comes right away. "Ah, It's my mother. That is such a beautiful moment of awareness. Most of the time, the negative self-talk or doubting voices are not ours at all. Yet we identify with them and own them as ours. This is a tragic mistake. It's not our voice at all. It's the voice of another wounded child, who was in the position of being our parent at the time, playing out their own woundedness on us. So self-doubt becomes a cycle of the highest self being motivated to take on a new task or do something important to you, and the wounded voice, with echoes of the misguided parent, putting the kibosh on any action whatsoever. What can you do about self doubt? Realize, first of all, that there's nothing wrong with you. As I mentioned in my book, Celebrating Solitude, and this is the quote you heard at the beginning of the podcast creation is not in the business of making things that fail. That includes you. You are simply not designed to be a lost cause, it's not personal. That's counterintuitive to the way nature works, so you can drop that belief. Second, when the voices of self-doubt arise, take a moment to move them out of the head and down into the body. Really drop in to what happens when they show up. Where in the body do you feel them? If it's your stomach or your solar plexus energy center, that's your seat of self how you show up in the world, how you see yourself and how others see you. That makes sense. It might be your chest, which is your heart energy center, the place of love and connection, of giving and receiving love and communication and connection. You may feel it in your throat, which is literally the place of our life breath, our voice, how we do or don't speak our truth. So find out where you feel the voices. Once you've done that, you can ask yourself, whose voice is this? No one is born doubting herself or himself. You had to learn that. So who taught you? Who taught you to doubt yourself? Write about it. When you're doing deep, esoteric work like this, I suggest a 10-minute free writing meditation exercise. It's meditational because you will drop out of the thinking mind as you do it. So just let the memories flow out of your mind, asking yourself, whose voice is this? Where is this coming from, right? Let the memories come out of your mind, through your hand, and onto the paper. Keep your hand moving. Don't stop for anything except the building being on fire. Don't worry about spelling. Don't worry about punctuation. Don't reread anything. Just let the memories flow out. And if you can't think about what to write, write that. I can't think about what to write over and over again until your mind gets bored and it gets back on track answering the question. When you have an idea of where self-doubt comes from in your life, you've brought it out into the light so you can deal with it. That's the main step is awareness and bringing it out into the light so it doesn't have control over you. Maybe that's enough to reduce self-doubt to a helpful tool, as we talked about at the beginning of the podcast. Maybe it would be helpful to work with a therapist or a counselor or a guide of some sort to heal the wounding and help you to hear your own voice, the voice of your highest self again. Whatever the case, it is a process. It takes time. It takes dedicated work. But trust the process of healing. Trust in yourself as a divine spark of the universe, because that's what you are. It's what we all are it's science. It's non-negotiable. There is nothing to doubt because there's nothing wrong with what you are and what you're doing. You will be guided when you stay in the present moment and trust yourself. Until next time, many blessings on your path. Thank you for joining me on Self Talk. Aho.